today we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. While saving the crew and cargo of a doomed cargo ship, the Enterprise becomes a party to drug trafficking. From April 16th, 1988, it's season one, episode 21, Symbiosis, or Hey Kid, the first sample is free. <laughs> Yep, I'm Cam, that's Dan, and this is Reefa Madness! <laughs> I'm kidding, it's the, it's the Matt Generation. are just like Romeo and Juliet. We're happy, young, young and, and bubbling, bubbling with, with love. <laughs> Did you get to read the ending? Was it perfect? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, speaking of stilted morality plays... <laughs> stilted morality plays? <laughs> camera 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 this one this one feels feels like it could have single-handedly toppled big pharma if it had just been done today and better (laughs) (laughs) done today and better what a thing to say what a thing to say (laughs) i mean you're not wrong but what a thing to say (laughs) on star date unknown Ooh. Which I guess makes it timeless, except not at all. <laughs> it's time after time. Time. <laughs> if you're lost and you look, you know, I will find me. Time after time. I will be waiting. Time after time after time. Time, time after time. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> Don't help me. Time after time. Time after time. <laughs> the Enterprise attempts oh, to rescue the, the freighter sanction. What? Um, anyway, unstarted unknown. The Enterprise attempts to rescue the freighter sanction, which is trapped in a star's magnetic field. An agreement is reached to transport over the crew of the freighter, but they surprisingly send over cargo barrels first. The Enterprise crew attempts to transport the freighter's crew, but is only successful in recovering four of them before their ship is destroyed. Two to John, played by Merrick Butler Buttrick. Does he look familiar, Dan? Should he? Yes. And Romas, played by Richard Lineback, are scuffy and unshaven, while the other two, Sobi, Judson Scott, and Langor, Kimberly Farr, are groomed and well-dressed. They all show relief that the barrel made it over, and little remorse for the lost ship <laughs> and crewmen. Both groups start to fight over the ownership of the cargo and are escorted to the observation lounge under guard, because they're just being little bastards the two pairs come from different planets within the same system it is explained that the barrel contains felicium a medicine for the plague which once ravaged the planet ornara felicium is produced on the planet brecca but the ornarans 
are the only race in the system with the means of space travel. The two remaining Arnara ships were built long ago and are beginning to fail due to overuse and lack of maintenance. The Arnarans are no longer <laughs> capable of repairing them. <laughs> Captain Picard offers to return them to Arnara, provide replacement parts, and just be a nice guy. The Breckens, Sobe and Langor, argue that they retain ownership of the Felicium and the Items the Omarans offered in payment were lost aboard the freighter. Tijan and Romus of Omara are suffering from the effects of the plague and are sent to sickbay where Dr. Crusher can find no reason for their symptoms. In a gesture of goodwill, following a demand of compassion from Crusher, the Breckens offer two doses of Felicium to Dijon and Romas for their immediate needs. Langor explains that the entire Brecken economy and industry is devoted to producing the medicine of Omara. <laughs> The inhabitants, the inhabitants of Brekka provide the necessities of daily life in return for the drugs. After Tijan and Romas take their doses, Dr. Crusher realizes that Felicium is actually a highly addictive narcotic. And the plague itself was cured long before, so the system symptoms they believe to be attributed to the plague are actually withdrawal symptoms. Crusher wants to offer assistance to aid the Omarans in breaking free of their addiction. But Picard warns that the Federation cannot intervene due to the Prime Directive. He and Dr. Crusher later question the Breckens alone and confirm that the Breckens know the truth regarding the plague being eradicated and that the addictive nature of the medicine is being exploited. Uh, mostly because their economy would collapse if the Omaran Onarans no longer needed Felicium. The Enterprise arrives at Omara, and Sobe and Langor have agreed to provide the Felicium to the Omarans for a later payment. However, Picard announces that the Prime Director prevents him from interfering in the transaction between the two planets. It also prevents him from providing any replacement parts for aging freighters. Tejan and Romas are furious at the decision, as it means the trade between Omara and Breca will stop because the freighters can no longer make trips without the parts. After the four are transported off the Enterprise... Picard combines, confides in Dr. Crusher that the Onarans may suffer from withdrawal symptoms in the short term, but this will be an opportunity for both races to advance in their own ways. And so ends symbiosis. Go ahead, go ahead. Before I get all pissy about this 1980s drug panic <laughs> PSA. Um, I'm going to say one thing to you. Those Klingon bastards, they've killed my son. Oh, yeah, David. Tijan yeah. is David. Yep. Yeah. I think I, I saw him and I thought, that looks like David. And then I actively thought, no, David's dead. He's been dead forever. <laughs> this I was actually his last be appearance before his tragic and untimely death. Oof, yikes. Although, I will say, he died when he was like, what, 30 years old? Yeah. And he looked gorgeous. He did. He was very pretty. Mm. But yeah, okay. <laughs> well, what did you like about this episode, Dan? I mean, I understand that. I felt like this was the most nuanced discussion of the Prime Directive we've we've had. You were correct. This was a thoughtful and considered and measured approach to the Prime Directive where it seemed like even though the culture was advanced enough that they could understand the Prime Directive and their technology seemed at least close to on par with the Federation, 
it's interesting. The closer they approach to Federation standards as far as technology and civilization go, the more likely they are to adhere strictly to the prime directive. It's only when they're more, quote unquote, undeveloped or savage where it becomes like, oh, well, we have to help these poor people. Um, (laughs) But that being considered, I did appreciate how thoughtful Picard was and how he really did consider from all angles, even though he clearly had his own moral interpretation of the situation. He didn't let that dictate the actions of this ship that was representing the, you know, Federation of Planets. It's true. It's true. It was tough. I mean, I don't know if I could have not intervened. Yeah. Um, Oh, where was Picard when the CIA started just putting coke everywhere? Um, <laughs> and manipulating people's minds. MKUltra, MKUltra. But also, I enjoyed the terrible Breathe Right strips used as prosthetic makeup for uh, these aliens with their little ridgy noses. Um <laughs> That was pointless and unnecessary, and I adored it. (laughs) Uh, Just so you know, they're not people. They're aliens. (laughs) Look at their noses. Um, Additionally, this one was interesting. We had those those shocky, shocky powers where they were just a little bit zappy, like (laughs) like a couple of space Pikachus. They were a little zingy, too. Mm-hmm. So that was that was fun and interesting. Um, and the insidious nature of these two planets' relationship, while explored with all of the all of the deftness of a talk radio personality trying to discuss gender issues, it. Uh, was not uh, was not terrible. It was still, it was still interesting, even if it was not executed flawlessly. Okay, I mean you're not wrong, but I'm going to give you a nostalgia sandwich. Oh man, <laughs> just you know, it's like nostalgia, your bitterness, more nostalgia. You know, it's it's going to be good for us and for your listeners. One of these other actors has also been seen in the past. Do you know which one? Is it the actor who plays the guy, the other guy, (laughs) the fancy guy? The one who plays Sobe, Judson Scott? Absolutely. Do you know why he looks familiar, Dan? Uh, From a very specific sexual fantasy of mine, but I'm not sure how else. Oh, I mean, he's very pretty. It's the silks. But... they were all so pretty. So um, pretty. He was Khan's number one henchman in Star Trek Two. Ah, it's a regular Star Trek Two cast reunion over here. It totally is. <laughs> we just I, need. I might have to hear more Shatner. about this fantasy. I don't know if we, we should do need... this on air, but <laughs> well, well, I'll fill you in later. It's it's okay. all on my it's all on my Tumblr. Um, oh. 
<laughs> even now <laughs> even now it's all heavily redacted it looks like cia documents um <laughs> or the Mueller investigation um mm-hmm. Sorry. No, this one. Doing? This one actually has some teeth to it. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. It's not a massive uh, disappointment and waste of time. Uh, I hooray. think. Hooray! I think this episode had good intentions. Its heart was in the right place. Um, it was an interesting idea to look at narcotics in the far-flung future and how those would be viewed by an evolved humanity. Although I still contend that the Orville is a more realistic representation of how we would look at drugs in the future, where it's like, yeah, we still adore them. Now we have the technology to get ourselves sober really quickly and have things replicated instantly for us. So, yeah, I would get high all the time. Yep. I mean, you're probably not wrong. (laughs) Seth MacFarlane, man. (laughs) I love you, McFarlane. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it it was a very timely thing since this was still, you know, just after the Reagans. Yep. Uh, <laughs> drugs God are bad. Nancy. Drugs are drugs are scary. I don't like that the youth are doing drugs. Drugs, <laughs> <Youth>. drugs, drugs. <laughs> drugs, drugs, drugs. I, uh... Yeah, that was that was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. The war on drugs has been a hot mess. Yeah, a violent, life-shattering hot mess. Hmm. <laughs> And it's all based on data from the 30s. Woohoo! <laughs> yep. I mean, if you want to talk about expertly manipulating the public, they've got it down. Hey, things things that can be very scary. Anyways, Cameron, what did what did you love about this episode besides the the hysteria it put you in and making you want to talk to your cat about drugs? <laughs> Moose is happily addicted to several substances, and I'm not going to stop her. I mean, I also am addicted to at least six. There you go. Maybe seven. Good, a good artist needs two, so I figure, what the fuck? Why not triple that? I'll be there great. I'll be great, be Daniel. Amazing. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I actually really enjoyed the premise of all of it. It is fascinating to think about a time when you enjoy what you're doing so much that you don't need any kind of chemical additive except maybe caffeine. Hmm. Yeah. That is because nice of lack of about. sleep, but like, just seriously, imagine a world where you wake up every day and you were so excited about what you were doing and feel so you're, the work you're doing feels important and relevant and it's never questioned because it doesn't need to be. And I just, God damn it. That would be swell. <laughs> um, but I mean, I loved the idea that, you know, this, I, the questioning of the prime directive is really my favorite part of this because it is, it's 
it's a shitty rule that Kirk broke all the time. And I mean, it would be really interesting to go back and see the planets where he broke it. And I mean, maybe that's why Picard subtly says that, you know, every time we've intervened, no matter how good the intentions, it's always gone horribly wrong. So (laughs) Kirk, (laughs) look at the entire career of Captain James T. Kirk. Every single planet he interacted with was royally fucked up by it. (laughs) He basically (laughs) spread space herpes around everywhere. And he did. Yes, he did. The shat man cometh. <laughs> shat man cometh. Uh, <laughs> all over everything. Um, and then his son comes back to be a drug addict. There you go. See, this is what happens when you have absentee fathers. If there had been a good role model at home, then David <laughs> wouldn't be out here, you know, faking his own death and then desperately trying to get some some smack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit of that because... alien hashish. <laughs> yes, because the uh oh dear. <laughs> because traditional traditional roles at home are the only thing that leads to moral sanctitude. <laughs> of course, having a dad at home keeps kids off drugs. Clearly. Obviously. My father was around and I've never touched the stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like having a dad around is the uh <laughs> It's not like it's the salve. It's what gave you the cuts deep in your soul, the disappointment cuts. <laughs> oh. No, no. Not for me either. Everything's fine. Um <laughs> but yeah, it just brings me back and remember I remember fondly the Dare program. <laughs> Oh, good old dare. Dare to keep a youth off drugs. Yep. I was so, I was such a good student that I got the lion. I got the dare lion, you know, when they're like, this kid is, this kid is the best, which is, you know, kind of ironic considering how many drugs I've done. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Cameron says, tapping his arm to find a vein. (laughs) The moral quandary actually got me feeling things. And I was, you know, for a second I was with Beverly. I was like, no, no, help them for the love of God. You're being cruel and unusual. Just ignore it like Kirk did. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, shit. Nope, he was right. He's he's always right. Shut Luke. Nine times out of ten. Yeah, I would say nine times out of ten. Um did you see the but, new poster that was released today? I did. Oh, God. What a nice looking bulldog. I know. Yeah. So good. I uh, <laughs> I also loved that the way they took their drugs was basically an alternator. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. And the nose, the... Uh, the nose makeup will come back in a big way. And oh, I can't wait for it? you to see. It will. It's going to be nose makeup and a little flair, but it's a big part of a big culture in the future of Star Trek. You heard it here first, folks. Well, now I know. So, 
you've made it quite obvious, but what did you hate about this episode, Dan? The heavy-handed drugs are dangerous uh, message is one thing, and the just sloppy execution of the exploitive nature of drug companies and drug peddlers' practices. It was so... And it just how they depicted the whichever aliens were the ones that used the drugs as unable to perform basic tasks or know anything about technology. Um, just the whole clumsy drugs or badness of it all was my main complaint, but <laughs> there's, there's subcategories. It branches off like a beautiful tree of disappointment. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, to be fittingly capped off with Wesley's I don't understand conversation where a teenage boy has to be taught that uh, you know there are things you're not going to understand because they're not part of your experience you dumbass (laughs) check your privilege (laughs) but why would anybody want to escape reality I don't know you go into the holodeck and flap off like come on dude (laughs) Thank God it has a self-cleaning feature. Woof. I think that the... It just hasn't aged well. I I don't begrudge the episode for its intent to try and talk about something that is clearly on the minds of Americans in 1988. Also, correction, in the previous episode, I had said that that episode took place in 1989 or was released in 1989. I jumped to years, 1988. So sue me, okay? Um, (laughs) They might. I just, that whole conversation was so groany and so annoying, but more than that, the fact that there was no that there had been hundreds of years of this further refining keeping the people down was there no concept of medicine prior to the plague thing happening and furthermore their ships are falling into disrepair does the drug producing culture not have the ability to make starfaring ships like if their if their profitability is being questioned like try and take away the market of any monopoly and see how it responds they'll find a way to get those drugs to people i don't think picard solved this problem at all <laughs> i think he inconvenienced this one shipment you're probably not wrong it was kind of a nice little bow end, though. It was a nice bookend, and I liked it. A little bow tied up at the end. Um, I actually didn't hate Tasha's side of that conversation between her and Wesley. I, I thought it was very interesting that they gave it to her and that she is so patient in trying to explain, hey, mm-hmm. not all of our lives are, you know, serving aboard the Enterprise, you precocious little twit. Um did did you hate it? I mean, did you hate her side of it? Did you hate the whole thing? Talk to me. Talk to me, Dad. How are you feeling? Um, I mean, I I attempt. I I understand her attempt to spoon feed him the basic notion of addiction is not something that you understand as a non addicted person. Let me try and break it down for you. It was just so 
it served no function in the episode as far as the plot or the character development really of anyone except for Wesley, although I don't think it'll stick. Um, I have a feeling he's going to continue to need shit explained to him. Uh, it, it was just very much an aside to the audience, like for our sake of like, hey, while we're talking about drugs, we're all having a great time here aboard this starship. Let's take a minute and actually look at how addiction works or how we understand it here in the year 1988 aboard this starship. And we're going to have a good, good little chat about it that just totally took all the wind out of the sails of the episode. It was just like, and... <laughs> Why are we? Oh, God. Losing will to live. Need drugs to keep watching Star Trek. Uh, The finest cocaine. Mm -hmm. Only the purest Colombian blow, number one. Oh God. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh additionally, um I thought that while Picard is bound by the prime directive, I, I would have expected Dr. Crusher to say, well, my oath as a doctor with patients is to be honest with them about what they're experiencing and what they're going through. I need to tell them that this is drug withdrawal, not a plague. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But that would have just added some complication. (laughs) Is your will to live back now? A little bit. It's slowly, slowly coming in. Um, What can I do to help? Uh, I think you can tell me if there was anything about this that made you feel shitty or if it's just me. <laughs> I mean, it did. There were parts of it that felt very heavy handed. And. I mean, I just. Yeah, I mean, I loved the I loved the prime directive and I loved how that made me feel, how it made me have inner turmoil and questions, but just the portrayal of, and I mean, I loved the angle that it was, you know, out of necessity. It was another kind of evil that was out of necessity, not, not because we like being evil like Captain Planet. Um, But <laughs> the performances of ingesting said narcotic and the dark eye makeup and the, you know, it was just, it was very heavy handed. Mm-hmm. You're right. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. I'm right. Um, and. Yeah. 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 Wesley is sometimes a joy and sometimes a punch in the dick. It just depends. Well, in this case, it was a blissful flick at my junk. <laughs> it wasn't so bad, but God, it was just... Uh, Irritating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a locker room towel flicking contest. Yeah. Just not 
Not enjoyable. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, was there anything else that just really, that you really hated? I hated the face that Riker made when he was grabbed by Shocky Hands McGee. <laughs> 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 I'll kill him. I'll do I'll it. I'll kill him. No, you won't. You, you don't know? have to kill her. Um, that was I, that whole standoff was just a little teensy bit absurd. Yeah, it was. I mean, I wish the shocky hands would have come back more. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole thing was kind of ridiculous. It made it farcical that first moment that they grabbed each other. Oh yeah, absolutely. Farcical is the correct word. But um, I I also just hated how inept they were at technology, you know, yeah. like you said, it's just ridiculous that that even though people were addicted, that they became helpless. And they've been addicted for 300 years. So are you saying that these ships are 300 years old? Yeah, right. Like, come on, people. And have you survived? never been to have you never been to a Best Buy? You have been helped with technology by people who are so fucking high for years. Yes, and so addicted, happily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone, of course, but... Of course. Quite a few. As a former Best Buy employee, I can say that. Trademark. And with mm. that, should we quote it? We shall. Beverly, the Prime Directive is not just a set of rules. It is a philosophy and a very correct one. History has proven again and again that whenever mankind interferes with a less developed civilization, no matter how well intended, that interference may be the results are... Just, I'm just so over this. <sighs> Beverly, the prime directive is not just a set of rules. It is a philosophy and a very correct one. History has proven again and again that whenever mankind interferes with a less developed civilization, no matter how well-intentioned that interference may be, the results are invariably disastrous. It's hard to be philosophical when faced with suffering. Oh, wah, wah. Captain, we're beaming over a replacement coil. That's that's great, and that'll fix us up. Yes, once it's installed. Right. And how do we do that? What is the matter with these people? <laughs> Reminds me of a friend I had in the academy. He just wanted to stay in his dorm room, and oh, <laughs> I understand. They've just had too many of those jazz cigarettes. Number one. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Ugh. 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 (laughs) I hate everything. Um, Do you want to do Captain Picard again? Sure. Captain, how long have you been the commander of this fighter? Seven years. This is my 26th voyage to Brekka. And you don't know how to align a control coil? It's never come up. Ah. Uh. <laughs> These people are exacerbating. 
That was re- the the ship should have been painted in rasta colors. Looking back on it now, <laughs> their little freighter. Oh, uh, Daniel. <laughs> uh, beam them over, and they're all wearing those terrible sweatshirts that everybody at Missoula had. Mm. Hmm. What are they actually called? I know that colloquially they're called drug rugs, but what are they really? I don't actually know. Yeah. I guess it will remain a mystery, number one. It will. (laughs) Captain, I hope you realize what you've done to us. Oh, that you can be sure. (laughs) There are some missing pieces to this puzzle. What's missing is a little compassion. We're losing our professional detachment, Doctor. (laughs) 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 Picard one, Crusher zero. (laughs) Wink. Wink. The Anarans provide us with the necessities of life, and we provide them with the necessities of living. It is a fair exchange. Yikes. (laughs) (sighs) Let's not do it. Let's not. No. I can't. Nope. Mm -mm. Just watch the episodes yourselves, everyone. Yeah, the the Wesley data. Yeah, NDR, all that. It's just terrible. So bad. Cameron, how many highly potent microdoses would you give this episode? You know, I'd give it 2.25. Yeah. It's not the worst we've seen by any means, but boy, you're right. It hasn't aged well at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And the character development that was had is null and void. No spoilers. Um, oh, wow. That's lower than I was even going to go. It's going to give it 2.25. Two, six. So, wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, can't help myself. I'm high. <laughs> it's the only way I could cope with this goddamn episode. <laughs> oh shit. Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. So that just leaves one last thing for me to do, and that's to wish you all to not just have a book rate. Sorry, I'm too high for this. Not just have a great week, but make it so. Toke it up. Keep on trekking, man. <laughs> toke it up, toke it down, toke it all around. Oi, the next one's called Skin of Evil. I'm real worried. You should be. <laughs> Uh-oh, Spetios. No, no, I mean Best Buy, trademark. Did a bird just hit your window? Yep. Scared the fuck out of me. the one building in Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, what was that? I thought it was just like a tree or something, but it's like made of brick. What the fuck? (laughs) I guess I shouldn't fly when I'm so fucking... Hi.
a secret weapon production.